Welcome back to another episode of Sales Transformation brought to you by Leadium. Today, we've got Alan Dawan, the co-founder of Warmly, sharing insights on their innovative solutions for sales teams. Holland, it's showtime. All right, welcome back to another episode of Sales Transformation brought to you by Leadium. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. Today, I've got Alan Zoe on. He is the co-founder over at Warmly. Alan, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to dig in. You have an interesting story um, uh, of kind of what uh, has made Warmly what it is today, which we're going to dig into. But before we dive in, just give us a little quick background on yourself. Yeah, so I started on finance on the trading floor, and then I uh, moved over to tech at a startup called X.AI, which before it became what it's done, now known today as Twitter X.AI. And they did uh, autonomous email scheduling. And then from there, I actually started a restaurant, Vietnamese pho hot soup in Dallas, Texas. Um, then COVID hit, the restaurant went through some hard times. Uh, I met my co-founder, Max, at this uh, on-deck fellowship where basically founders get to meet other founders, ideate, and then start companies together. And we basically ran this thing called Control Life where it's like, Netflix, you can vote on what the streamer does next. I built it. He streamed himself. We got to like rich people on Reddit, basically telling Max what to do on the internet, and then he would do it. And we hacked away at four different products, four different pivots before we arrived at the product we have today. Wow. Wow. Okay. And so what was, I think, um, I mean, what was the first iteration of Warmly? Uh, the first iteration of Warmly is something we don't really talk too much about, but it's actually founders. <laughs> what you know, was it? It was Tinder for co-founders, trying okay. to solve our own problem of finding co-founders and then using the swiping mechanism. Uh, needless to say, that didn't really work out so well. And then the second iteration is uh, something called, we call it push-pull. It's like a more authentic version of LinkedIn. And LinkedIn tells you what you've done and where you're at right now, but it doesn't tell you where you want to go. And so we tried to include things like asks, offers, gives, a uh, section of the LinkedIn page. And... That also didn't really work out. Um, and then we had two more pivots after that. Got it. And I think what most people know um, warmly for is the, uh, you know, name tag product, you know, inside inside of Zoom, right? Yeah, most people know that. So that's been growing pretty well. I mean, the whole, the genesis behind that was right after we did the push-pull uh, business card or LinkedIn, authentic version of LinkedIn, uh, we started this other product, which is tracking job changes in a CRM. And that's like companies like User Gems does that really well. Paula has that feature. So does Zoom Info. LinkedIn has that as well. We did this in 2020, coming out of TechStars. Um, it's it's a really simple idea, tracking job changes, the champion when they move jobs. That makes a lot of sense. But uh, we found it very difficult to scale. And so we went out back into the market to see what else we could do. And we realized that it's pretty crowd space. Obviously, sales and marketing tech has been around for a while. But there was an app store on Zoom in 2020 and it was announced in October 2020 that they were creating an app store. And at that time, Zoom had 300 million daily active users because of COVID. So yeah. we felt like this was an opportunity. It could be like an Apple opportunity or it could be an Apple app store. Um, but, you know, we were also cautioned it could also be a Microsoft app store that no one's ever heard of before. So we decided to take a swing at something big and create a, a Zoom app, which was a name tag as the simplest form. A Zoom name tag. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the the interesting thing is uh, sometimes you don't realize how many pivots and changes and um, uh, that happen in a business until it becomes what it is today. 
Um, you guys been having a lot of success with the version of Warmly today. Um, just kind of curious, because I know we talked before of how you came to solving the problem that you guys are going out to solve today uh, was from your own experience of being an SDR. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like we had to make this decision with the Zoom name tags product because the Zoom app store itself didn't really blow up. But what we found interesting was we had all these inbound enterprise customers who somehow spotted the name tags and they found it really great for branding and for culture. And so they came in inbound and said, yeah, we would love to pilot this, try this out. So we felt like a sort of pull from the market to go in that direction. Now the question was, can we make this a venture backable business? Can we see like how far this thing can grow? And so the test was, can we fill our pipeline with enterprise customers um, and then evaluate what the sales cycle was, see how much money we can bring in? Can that be a venture backable business? And we separated, uh, I started off actually at Warmly as engineer who eventually became CTO. I'm also one of the co-founders. And, and for three years I did that. But once we got, we made this, this once we made this decision as a company that we're gonna try to pursue enterprise uh, with our name tax product, engineering was no longer the bottleneck. Product engineering, not, not the bottleneck because enterprises want us to be particular. They just want our name tag. And so we already had that. And there's not much more that they needed other than some configurations and like enterprise customization features. So engineering, not the bottleneck. What was the real bottleneck was sales. And putting on co-founder first hat rather than functional hat, decided to jump in and be an SDR. <laughs> <laughs> and what were, what were some of the challenges that you ran into uh, putting on that SDR hat in your own business? Yeah, it's, it's a grind. I mean, I, I saw it more as like a volume game in the beginning where if I could at least send out, you know, 50 emails, it's the classic, I see it now today as like a trap, but if I send out 50 emails, then maybe a percentage of them will respond back. And it's all, it all became a number to me. Um, and it was very unscalable. I remember thinking about this because in engineering, like every, you always try to think, how can I scale? How do I automate? Um, and I didn't really see that in the beginning, but that's, the, that's kind of the way I thought. Um, and so I remember I, I reached out to alumni to see if I can get conversations with them because it's a warmer touch point. So that was the first introduction to like warm outbound, warm outreach. And I got some folks to get on a call with me just simply based on the fact that we both went to the same school. Uh, and that was an interesting channel that worked for a time. Um, but then I started talking to some experts in the space. Obviously, this is my first time doing it. And folks like yourself have been doing it for decades. So they explained to me that classic go-to-market problem is what do you say, who do you say it to, and then when do you say it? And the interesting thing, as we found out, is that what you say and who do you say it to has largely been solved thanks to tools like Zoom Info, Apollo to tell you any, anybody under the sun they want to reach you can get in contact with. Yeah. And then you have sequencing tools like outreach and sales loft to get in contact with them. So, but the when is the most important question. We never knew the when. The when has never been solved. So for Zoom name tags, we never knew when it was a priority for when a company actually needed, needed this thing. And if we did, then we had faster movement in the sales cycle. We got intro to the right person faster. So it was the when that was the crucial insight that kind of led into um, the product that we built today. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, something a lot of revenue teams are still scratching their head trying to figure out, right? Because everybody's seen the data that, you know, small single digit percentage of your ICP is actually in buying mode, right? right. And so most people are playing the volume game of more, you know, more SDRs, more calls, more emails to find that single digit percentage of people that are, you know, in market ready to buy. There's some that are maybe, you know, close or worth having a conversation with, um, but it's not necessarily a top priority. So uh, 
how did you guys go about solving the win problem that every, you know, uh, sales organization faces? Yeah, we, um, I mean, I, this, the story it basically goes like this, which is after doing some research, coming back and evaluating, um, I started hacking on some of these side projects of seeing if we can maybe build a tool for ourselves internally to help advance our lead generation efforts. And then looking around in the market, there were certain tools that were interesting, um, tools specifically that, you know, focused on combining intent with action. Like when was someone actually hot for your product? It's really hard to distinguish that. Uh, but mm -hmm. one of the key indicators is when they're on your site, because when they're on your site, they're not thinking about anything else, presumably, of course. And when they're on your site, like you, you could be, as a person, you could be doing a million different things throughout the day. Your time is so valuable between the hours of nine and five. The fact that they're on your site, it's not by accident. They're there for a reason. And so if they're on your site and you can chat with them live and they have a question about pricing or they're interested in this topic, whatever it is, then you might, that's a conversion that we always miss out on. It's an opportunity. So um, started looking at tools that did that and, uh, and, and then trying to experiment if we can pull the software. When someone is on the website, can we get notified that this person is on the website? And then going one step further, can we actually chat to them when they're on the website? And so this combination of when they're on the site and they're like, say when they're hungry, can we get in front of them with the right message at the right time? And I tested this out and created this little API thing, which was like, not only can we know who's on the site, can we see if someone's on the site? Can we know exactly who that person is? With a combination of like UTM parameters from an outbound email that they click, that they arrive in the URL and has a query parameter at the top that the snippet that we create consumes. And then we enrich it with clear bits to tell us exactly who it is. And we prioritize it using Slack notifications. And then we jump on like this whole orchestration effort had to happen instantaneously. And then we were chatting with them live. And so after this experiment of launching a campaign, running it off a hundred sales folks and saying like, do you want to see the coolest tool that can help with your lead generation efforts, even though we didn't have this, um, we just, we just did it. And that person, oddly enough, it came in, got, uh, I got this notification that this is an ICP. It's a real person. He's on the site on the pressing page right now. Um, and then I chatted with him and then we're on a video call and we're just talking and we both understood like, this is amazing because it just compressed the sales cycle. We have a real life conversation right now. And without having built anything, actually, uh, he was like, can I introduce you to my manager? And that's when I knew, okay, this, we, we probably have something here without having built anything. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Please don't forget to like and share so we can help more people transform the way they sell.